0: No more
1: tips and rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Clee. And today we are back from the purgatory of writing a book. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It feels like purgatory. Like there I am, totally engrossed in this book that I'm writing, and I'm not interacting with the world or with anybody. Last week I literally went dark. Like
0: Yeah, yeah you did.
1: I did not respond to anybody, but I got the book finished yeah you did congratulations
0: (laughs) i came home from some meetings and stuff last week and you were like how is it
1: out there i know how is it out there i just went outside for the first time uh in in a while and let the sun shine on my face and oh man that felt so good all right so we are back and that means that we have a question so what is the question that we are talking about today
0: Our question is about selling, and it comes from Pablo Lopez.
1: Hi, Pablo Lopez. Hi,
0: Pablo. When did you have a turning point? And I mean, when did you sell your first piece, and when did you start selling consistently? Just wondering.
1: Huh. Selling consistently. This is interesting, because this is one of the questions that I get a lot Mm -hmm. from people. We get this question a lot. Yeah about, uh, like, well, how long do I have to be putting myself out there in the abyss of nothingness and uh, until it actually starts to pick up? Yeah. And it, what's interesting is that there isn't really one single answer to that question because uh, it all depends. There, there are a lot of factors that play into that, like wh- where are you showing your stuff? How many times? How often are you showing your stuff? How often are you putting yourself out there? What are you putting out there? Um, how much artwork do you create? Pretty much it all depends on you and what is going on with you and, and how much you're actually putting yourself out there during that time.
0: Yeah, and how much you're engaging with people when you are putting yourself out
1: there. I mean, for us personally, we were doing anywhere between one to two to three shows every single weekend. And even then, it took, it took quite a while for us to get to a place where we were making consistent sales.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing too is like, so for us, we could expect maybe to sell a piece or two, sometimes better on a regular basis, sometimes nothing at all. And our lifestyles kind of reflected that. It wasn't necessarily the consistency, but it was like, you know, celebrating when we could afford to buy some snacks.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then
0: growing from there.
1: Exactly. And I think that that's the thing. Like, um, you have to adjust your own lifestyle depending on where you're at. We're at a place right now where we're pretty comfortable. So, you know, we, we afford certain amenities, uh, that we didn't, uh, in the beginning. Uh, Basically, in the beginning, the majority of our cash just went to bills. Uh, a little bit of food and... And then
0: reinvesting back into the business.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the majority of the money actually went back into reinvesting. Uh, It has a lot to do with like planning for the future. Like, you know that in the beginning, you are going to have to work really, really hard, get very little return for the amount of work that you're putting out there and invest uh, a huge percentage of the money that you do make right back into your business so that you can make more money. Um, and the, nothing is different when it comes to being an artist. It's pretty much the same thing. In the beginning, it is going to be rough. You have to figure out uh, very affordable ways of putting yourself out there as much as you possibly can because you may not have the finances to be able to back up uh Doing a large $600 show. Right. For us personally, like, you know, renting a booth at the flea market was actually more expensive than when we started doing the farmer's market mm-hmm. or even doing the art walks every month. They had monthly art walks in different towns that were within the 50-mile radius that we were able to go do.
0: Yeah, we did a handful of them, and they were all pretty reasonably priced, and so that was a really great way to get out there in different areas.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of those art walks are anywhere between $10 to $25, and it's sure, it's only for maybe about four hours that night, but the exposure that you get... At any kind of event is great marketing for yourself as an artist.
0: And the, re- the results really were just so variable. Some shows we would sell a lot of stuff and we were like, whoa, what do we do with all this money? And some shows we would sell nothing at all yeah. but hand out lots of business cards and hopefully some of those people went to our website. And some shows we would sell a couple things and we were like, whoa, what do we do with this little bit of money? Yeah.
1: You know, it was interesting because when I think about it, like, uh, so when one of the shows that we did was out in Fort Walton Beach, and really, it was a very slow show. Oh, yeah. Like, we'd go drive uh, maybe about 30 minutes to get there, and we would set up. There were a lot of people, but there wasn't really that many people walking up and down the street, and if we went out there and I sold one or two pieces, that was like a lot for that night. Yeah. Um, but... I actually have two very loyal collectors from Fort Walton Beach, very close friends.
0: That have followed us ever since then.
1: Exactly. Follow everything that we do. So, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if it is a slow show. Like I write in the book, like in the beginning, we did some really crappy shows, what people would consider crappy shows. But it only takes one. Do you remember? We, we used to say that, like, even when something was like really slow and it was like, man, this really, this really sucks being out at the show. Uh, reminding ourselves, like, it only takes one. It takes one person, one connection, one yeah. interaction.
0: and there have been so many examples of that. Like, at the very tail end of the day, sometimes after the show is over, like, that one person comes in and yeah. finds you. Yeah. Also, it's so interesting. You mentioned, like, the collectors and who you're going to meet. Some of my biggest, most loyal collectors, the people that have, like, vast collections of my jewelry, one of them met me at the flea market. Yeah. I don't even recall the day that they met me, but they've been following my entire career. And on that day, I had no idea they were going to be my biggest collectors.
1: Yeah. That's one of the interesting things about just putting yourself out there. Uh, I also have several people that started collecting my work that are extremely loyal followers to what we do that have followed us from the beginning and have just uh, watched as I've expanded on my techniques and just grown in my art career. And for them, there's this pride of like knowing that they were there from the beginning and they followed us very, very closely. And there's no feeling like Knowing that there are people that are interested in what it is that you do and especially people that started following you from the beginning.
0: Yeah, who are interested in who you are and seeing you grow as an artist.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and that's the thing. It's it's about putting yourself out there, though. A lot of people, man, they're just solely focused on... How much money could I make? I need to be able to make a consistent living. And I understand that because, you know, you, you have, have bills. To make money. To, yeah, you have to make money. You have bills to pay. But in all honesty, that shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be, especially in the beginning, just getting your stuff out there. If you need to have a part-time job while you're doing it, fine. If that's what you're more comfortable with. Obviously, with me, I did not. We did not have a part-time job. We, we basically not. just relied on this. Got in debt until we were able to make enough money and pay our, you know, pay off, uh, some of the debt that we had. But things picked up rather quickly. I know myself, so I needed that burn bridges, need a fire under my ass to figure it out Mm -hmm. because that also gave us the opportunity. It wasn't just, um, doing a show or doing the flea market. It was basically figuring out multiple sources of income. To be able to make money, a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there and a little bit of money there and a little bit of money there. And basically that started adding up uh, with time. Yeah. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's all about just getting your stuff out there as much as possible and figuring that out.
0: Absolutely. And I think a thing to remember, too, is your definition of what consistent sales and comfortable income means is going to change. Oh, yeah. So, like, within the first year of showing our stuff – I felt like I was making consistent sales and we were earning a comfortable living. But that is so much different than what I mean now yeah. when I say consistent sales and making a comfortable living, because your perspective and your lifestyle and what that means to you is going to change. And hopefully it's always growing and getting yeah. bigger.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point now, we have more bills because we have more... uh more money. And more (laughs) comfort, yeah. Yeah, the more comfort we have. We also have a website and we have different expenses that are part of the business that are way more than when we just first started. When we first started, the majority of the expenses that had to do with the business was uh, just... Trying to get art materials, yeah, making and sure that we had art materials so we could create art, so we could sell art,
0: and basic human needs, you yeah. know, food, shelter, those things.
1: Exactly. Now we run a full fledged business. We have equipment. We have uh, different different things that we have expanded on in the business, whether it is online platforms or it is just uh, new equipment. I mean, look at how much equipment you have now compared to when you first started.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I couldn't have fathomed being able to afford some of this equipment when we first started.
1: It's a growing journey, but most importantly, um, it's about putting your stuff out there. That's, that's really what it comes down to. I know that I sound like a broken record when I say that, but that's the truth of it. If you are focused on money and you go do a show and you meet one person, who is astonished by your work, but they don't buy anything, you're going to walk away from that show feeling like you failed because your entire focus is revolving around money. If your focus is revolved around developing relationships with new and potential collectors, then that is a win for you at that show.
0: Yes. And those collectors that I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I met at the flea market, they didn't purchase anything from me for about two years. Yeah. They just came to visit with me. I didn't remember them from the earliest encounters, but they wanted to get to know who I was before they started investing in my
1: work. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, people want to know who you are. Artwork, jewelry, any kind of art is such a personal thing. You're not, you're not uh, creating some product and just putting it out there. And people that are interested in uh, shampoo, for example, are going to be comparing your shampoo to the other shampoo. It doesn't work like that. A lot of artists think that it's this big competition game. They got to get out there in front of the right people and they got to have the right stuff and, and all that. But it doesn't work that way. It's not about putting it out there in front of the right people or having the right stuff. It's about putting yourself out there and connecting with like-minded people. And that's really what it comes down to. There is no secret sauce or any secret formula as far as like getting a consistent living out of it. The more you put yourself out there, the more people see you, the more opportunity you have for your people to find you. Eventually, during that journey, you'll have enough sources of income. Uh, which you definitely want to set up. If you are self-employed doing anything, whether you're an artist or not, you want to set up multiple sources of income. Definitely. Because certain sources of income dry up. I don't do the market anymore, so that's no longer a source of income for me. And so,
0: for me, I do the market, but sometimes it's really slow.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you need to have multiple ways that you're able to make money off of your creativity. And I definitely cover that in the book. I actually list a few sources of income that we, that we use ourselves. Yeah. But the main thing I want to cover in this podcast is that if you are running after the money, if you are chasing the money and you want consistency and security in your life, um, being an artist may not be the route that is most comfortable for you because you do have to wrap your mind around The idea that you are still safe, even though you don't have that consistency and that security. You know what I mean? Developing
0: your own sense of security. Exactly. That you will figure out every day, one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You'll figure it out every day, one day at a time. Uh, You're going to run into roadblocks. You're going to run into things. You have to figure out the best way for you to create a consistent income but understand that the business is not, in of itself is not very consistent. We've been doing this for uh, a long time, almost a decade now. And at the beginning of the year, things dried up for me for mm-hmm. about two or three months you know, there were 2 or 3 months there where I was not selling squat.
0: And I was not selling very much either, and then tax time rolled around and stuff got really scary for yeah, us. Yeah, so
1: all the money all the money that we did have saved up went to the IRS.
0: And I remember thinking, this is it. We've almost crossed the 10-year mark and this is where it all ends for us.
1: Yeah, you yeah, <laughs> something something about and that's the thing like there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our brain that sets us up to just totally sabotage ourselves and you could either go one direction and be like oh i can't do this nothing's gonna work or you just stand there and you look at the situation and you say all right well let's see what i could do to make this work yeah i need to have a make it work moment and that's basically how we approached it we had varying degrees of of emotion going through that time but at the same time uh we stood there and we said, all right, well, we're going to have to have a make it work moment. We, we need to figure this out. We need to figure out how to be able to get through the tough times and how to make sure that this doesn't happen in the same way that it happened this one. You know, we may run into some dry spells in the future, but it's definitely not going to be the same way that it was at the beginning of this year.
0: No, I mean, so the basic thing here is year one, We were making consistent sales, but what that meant for us was survivalism, basic human needs. We weren't doing things like going back home to visit our families because we could not afford to do that. Year two, maybe a few more of our basic human needs got met. And it just grew from there. Eventually, we were able to travel again and have, like, little mini trips and see our families and afford things that we couldn't afford before. That definition of comfortable living consistency changed every year. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, I mean, it's the same thing as what we see now. My definition of comfortable living is going to be completely different probably in about five years. Oh, yeah. uh, Because uh, consistently throughout the years, uh, we keep – finding different ways to be able to make more money using our creativity. Mm-hmm. And it's all about growing yourself. And, and obviously the more years that we've been doing this, the more we've been putting ourselves out there and the more reach we have, the more people know about us and the more potential there is for people to buy from us and collect from us consistently. And I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's a long haul. It's a long haul. I get so many people, that, uh, will say like, well, this is, this isn't working out. This is, you know, I gave myself two or three months. I quit my job and I gave myself two or three months to see if I could make a, make a living as an artist and this isn't working out. And I quit. And I'm like, really, are you kidding me? You only gave yourself two to three months. Like, why did you quit your job in the first place? Why aren't you trying to develop your art business while you're still working, or if you are going to quit your job, understand that this could take two or three years. Don't give yourself two or three months. Give yourself the longest amount of time that you possibly think that it will take you to be able to create some sort of consistency in your creative career. Mm -hmm.
0: I know. And I know money's a factor there too, right? So I quit my job and I have monies to live off of for two to three months before the stuff gets really scary financially. Um, And maybe that's not the best route for you. You got to figure out how to comfortably do that for
1: yourself. Yeah, you do have to figure out how to comfortably do it for yourself. Like I said, for me personally, it was better not having the backup money because it really put a fire under my ass to figure out how to do it,
0: but also understanding that that's probably the most terrifying route. Oh, to take.
1: absolutely, absolutely, and it's not one that I recommend for for everybody. Re- I really do not recommend doing it that way um, because it, it wasn't easy. It was it was extremely emotionally taxing um, to go through periods of time where, like, I felt desperation, and unfortunately, when when you're desperate. You make some really shit decisions. Yeah,
0: a full disclosure, during the scary times in the beginning, we did some odd jobs that were not desirable lines of work to do, like handyman type work.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I I actually don't put that down. If you are having a hard time making money with your art, not having the money could actually destroy – your feeling of creativity. Oh, yeah. So if you need to go and do a handyman, it's it's the same thing as one of our Patreon followers drives an Uber whenever anything dries up for her. You know, those multiple sources of income, I totally recommend.
0: Oh, I think it's a good thing. What I mean is that they weren't jobs that we would necessarily enjoy yeah. doing. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, there are certain things that, you know, you don't want to do things specifically for the money. You want to, even if you're going to take on a side job, you want to see if you could do Do something that you actually actually enjoy doing. So I guess to answer your question, Pablo, um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you as far as how long it takes. For us, it took an average of about a year before it started to get a little bit consistent. Mm -hmm. And it was after about two years where things became a little bit more comfortable. Comfortable for us back then uh, the amount of money we were making back then probably would not be comfortable for us now where we're at.
0: Definitely not. And no matter where we've been over the years, there are always times that seem like, oh, no.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just know the the pursuing of an art career is not for the faint of heart. You are going to deal with a very uncertain uh, an inconsistent, uh, lifestyle. You could form certain ways of doing consistency, but let's be real here. Even if you were working like a regular job, um, the feeling of security there is, is just an illusion. You could get laid off. You could get fired. I worked for two companies that eventually went bankrupt. No matter what, I think it's about embracing the fact that there is no consistency and there is no security there. And figuring out a way to be able to uh, be happy.
0: And exist semi-comfortably in that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: You really do have more security when you stop and think about it. Because if you're self-employed as an artist, you have complete control over what you choose to do. Yeah. You don't have to listen to anyone else. It's Entirely up to you, but that in of itself can be scary, so you just have to get comfortable in that lifestyle it is
1: It is scary because it, it's much more it 's much more comfortable and easier uh when somebody is telling you what to do when you 're an artist, you make all the choices, yeah, you make all the decisions and and that is that could be terrifying for some people, especially if they 're not used to doing it but You're basically running your own business, so you get to decide which direction your business goes. You get to decide uh, what your economy is going to be like, how much money you're going to make. And in the beginning, it's not about the money. It's about the consistency of putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. How often and how frequent are you putting yourself out there and how many people are you connecting with? So, yeah. Yeah
0: and i would say don't give up on it until you know that you've done everything humanly possible that you're comfortable doing to yeah. make it work
1: yeah exactly cuz trust me it's 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 going to seem like it's not working in the beginning but don't don't allow uh failure to get in your way of success I guess.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like that.
1: <laughs> and that's it, you guys. Like I said before, we are back this week. Um I'm still going to be a little bit slow here on YouTube. We do have the live stream this Wednesday coming up, which we're both excited about. Uh, But I do have a lot of catch-up work. I've spent so much time working on this book that I have to run – my art business. And there are a lot of things that I need to get done this week. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I might have some, some short videos for you guys. And thank you so much for listening. You guys, you guys are absolutely freaking amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, just click somewhere around here to subscribe and that's it. Say goodbye, Klee. Good day. Adios.